future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, it is Friday, October 20th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens Friday Politics Roundup. Yes, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Each week, we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress for all the details. You can also help out this show by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And if you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, share the love, spread it around, let people know. Make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. And leave a comment to let other people know why you like the show. Little things like this help other people find the show and shine a light on all the issues we take take a look at. Well, on today's show, yes, it's been quite a week. Uh, We still don't have a Speaker of the House in Washington as Jim Jordan gives a press conference and says virtually nothing other than pouts and stamps his feet a little bit. And supposedly there's going to be another third vote today. How about that? Meanwhile, uh, Sean Fain for the UAW also says that today at 4 p.m. he's going to be giving a Facebook Live event. Update on the strikes. We don't know what to expect, unlike past Friday Live events, where they uh, announce ahead of time that there is going to be uh, announcements of further strikes. He has not given that so far, um, so we don't know what to expect here, but it's uh, it's kind of got the feeling of a big deal that's going to go on today at 4 p.m. on Facebook Live. Uh, follow UAW um, if you haven't already. Biden, of course, gave a uh, Oval Office address about the uh, Israeli and uh, Israeli. I don't know what you call this. I mean, it's a, it, it, you can't really call it a war, right? Because it's there's not two states, <laughs> right? You have uh, Israeli assault on Gaza following the massacre of Israeli citizens by the terrorist group Hamas. Right. I, I guess that's kind of where we're at. Um, but uh, according to Joe Biden, no, the uh, Gaza, the, the Hamas's attack on Gaza is you got You got to think about it like Russia's attack on Ukraine. Right. In defense of democracy, although to be fair, Hamas Yes, it got elected a long time. It is no longer holding elections. It canceled all elections. It has brutalized its own citizens. And it is not um, the government of a state. It is a quasi-leader group, terrorist, whatever, um, that, you know, I don't know. The equivalencies just don't add up in my mind. Um, that doesn't make this any easier. This is one hell of a time. This is one hell of a time that we are experiencing. Um, we shall see. 
Anyways, uh, we'll spend a little time um, gearing up for the elections, which are on our November 7th. They are just over two weeks away. And uh, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> There's a lot at stake. Um, and so we're going to review some of those stakes. I mean, not only are we talking just stuff in the school boards, but we're talking about the future of uh, women's uh, access to abortion uh, in Pennsylvania because of the Supreme Court races. We're seeing um, uh, what's also up for grabs is the, uh, you know, also with these court fights about the ability for Pennsylvania to respond to the climate crisis. Um, there's a lot going on. And um, I know we spend a lot of time on the school boards, and rightfully so, um, because it's, you know, the tip of the spear, as it were. And so we'll talk a little about the school board stuff, too, as well, um, as we kind of gear up for the election. Um, love to hear what's on your mind. Love to hear uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods. I understand there was a Palisades school board meeting um, last night, maybe two nights ago, um, after we're starting to see some of the extremism show up in the Palisades uh, more so than before. So, yeah, lots going on. Lots going on. Anyways, for more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can check out his show. Got a weird reading here. You can check out his show, um, you know, wherever you get your streams every single night. But, you know, you head on over to the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms, where to sign up for his podcast, the whole works. Also check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast. Rock the house. And here where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't heard The Signal is a new podcast from the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Michaleko, and produced by yours truly, Twice a month, The Signal will shine a light on right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive roots. And you also got to check out their brand new podcast, a Gen Z-focused and hosted podcast called The Civic Circle. Um, episode two uh, just recently dropped last week, I believe, this week, last week. Um Great stuff, um, uh, starting to find their feet even more, get us into the kind of issues and kind of, uh, you know, things that are on the minds of the young folk, as it were. <laughs> uh, great podcast, seriously, uh, great podcast. Uh, three women that are hosting it are just are doing a great job, and uh, you do got to check it out. You can get all those podcasts by heading over to buckscountybeacon.podbean.com or pick it up wherever you get your podcast. Touched all you gamers out there, The Game Inn is a Quakertown-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show. they got everything for retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops. And look, you got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, they've got you covered. Check them out on their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter at, at The Game Inn. That's with two N's. Shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa.com. Dot com. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The game in PA at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, look for something hard to get. 
Special shout out to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song. There are no people in the future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at Song of Day Man. That's with two N's, at Song of Day Man on Twitter. And if we want a progressive future, we need progressive media. Support Pull No Punch's homegrown progressive media today. Become a patron of Raging Chicken for as little as five bucks a month. Simply go to patreon.com slash rcpress. We're here for the fight, but we need you. Become a patron for the price of a good beer once a month. Help keep the media in the movement, the movement, the media. Become a patron for as little as five bucks a month by going to patreon.com slash rcpress today. Well, yes, indeed, all. Uh, welcome to a Friday. I know it's uh, it's been a bit, right? Or as they say, it's been a minute, as the uh, current expression goes. Uh, before we've had a full-fledged Friday show, um, just as I've said, scheduling things. And today we're today we're oops, what did I just do? I'm sorry. Um, and today we're uh, starting a little bit later than usual, um, just because I had a doctor's appointment today, and you know, all good. But just kind of uh, where things are at these days. Um, but you know, no bad news. That's uh, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So. Just see. So lots going on this week, obviously, um, both in the nation and locally. Um, I don't know what you think about this drama that has been going on in. Uh, 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 I don't know what the drama with uh, Jim Jordan has <laughs> just been. It's been in something else. Um, he gave a press conference this morning and um, it's been. Yeah, he gave a press conference this morning and. Um, it was something else um, because he didn't say a whole lot, took a bunch of questions and so on. And uh, it was just a little kind of bizarre. So I just want to, I, I want to play you just to, just so you, you think like, you know, I'm not just being completely uh, um, crazy here. Um, let me give you. So this is uh, this is Fox News commentary at the very end of Jim Jordan's. Uh, so they should come through, okay? Um, at the very end of Jim Jordan's press conference today, um, he's walking off the stage, looking all smug and everything like this. Um, and this is how the commentators of Fox um, described the uh, uh, the press conference. Let's see. I hope this comes through, okay? Let's see. Here we go. Yeah. So that was Jim Jordan, uh, the speaker designate, giving a press conference uh, about the, the status of the speaker's race. Uh, doesn't look like he has the support yet, Brian and Ainsley. I, I'm not sure what the purpose of the press conference was. He took questions from the folks, but it looks like he's still just trying to rally the troops. Yeah, there you go, right? It's like, I'm not, this is, now this is Fox, right? You know, the Fox and Friends. This is the most friendliest audience you could possibly ask for. Jim Jordan going out there and they're like, yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't look like he's got support. Not sure what the purpose of the press conference was. That about says it all, right? Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be anything coming soon. You know, I was reading through a bunch of the reporting this morning. And, uh, yeah, there just doesn't seem to be any kind of solutions. And that's coming as, you know, on the heels of, you know, of course, President Biden just went to Israel and now he's coming back and he's asking for kind of like billions of dollars or whatever in aid for both Israel and Ukraine. Um, and then urging them to, you know, come back in session. Like, of course, like, you know, the biggest burning issue that they can come up with uh, like this point or they, they could deal with or hopefully they will rally it is that we need more to send more arms. We need more military aid to fund more wars. 
that's like, you know, that's the big appeal. What about climate change? What about, you know, the, the kind of, you know, doubling of child poverty? What about the kind of insanity that's happening in our public schools? Right. I mean, can we just go down the list? Right. And, you know, when you think about it, it's like, is this the only thing that we could really do anymore? Is just we just do war. We do war and we do policing. Right. I mean, I mean, show me what else we could do. Right. I mean, certainly can't do it with this Congress. You certainly I mean, the Republican Party cannot even elect its own leader. Right. I mean, it can't even find agreement with its own caucus. This is a, you know, Democrats are kind of sitting back here and being like, sure, we nominate Hakeem Jeffries. And Hakeem Jeffries now consistently gets more votes than any Republican nominee. Well, that's because all the Democrats vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Right. And none of them have gone over to vote for Jordan. Thank God. Thank God we didn't see kind of uh, Democrats break rank and then go support Jim Jordan. Right? I mean, that dude, you know, protecting serial sexual abusers, right? The guy who still can't admit that the election was fair is still, like, fanning the flames of the election denialism. This is the guy that the Republicans are supposed to rally around, right? And let's be clear, right here in our own backyard, right? Um, Fitzpatrick, right? Fitzpatrick voted for Jim Jordan twice, right? Moderate Fitzpatrick, problem solver Fitzpatrick, votes for Jim Jordan twice. And only now, right? I mean, I mean, how consistent is that with what Fitzpatrick has done, Right. How consistent is it? 100% consistent, right? It's consistent with what Fitzpatrick does because he sits there and he's going to go with the crowd. He's going to go with the crowd. He's going to go with the extremists until he kind of recognizes that he needs to pull out the moderate card um, because maybe supporting uh, someone who covers up for sexual abusers, uh, maybe that's not such a good look for him in Bucks County, right? Maybe start to see that the things are swaying, you know, oh, I better try to get out there. And now he's saying, well, I'm not going to vote for Jim Jordan again. Well, why did you vote for him twice before? Because he was the Republican nominee, that's exactly it, right? That's exactly it. Because he was the one that in the, the Republican caucus voted to support. So that's what Fitzpatrick is going to do. I mean, you know, this is just crazy. But so that's, you know, that's what Jim Jordan's, uh, that's what he's doing. Right? That's what he's doing. So we'll see. I mean, this is just kind of like an ongoing drama. I, you know, I, I, it makes... I mean, I don't even know what to say about it other than, yep, that's that's our politics right now. That's what our national politics look like, right? You've got a Congress that literally can't do anything because they don't have a Speaker of the House. So you can't fund anything, right? Democrats, you know, I, I mean... They're running a bunch of candidates and they're kind of, you know, pushing for some things, but they're, you know, this, uh, this, this war with Israel and, and, and Hamas and is really throwing them a curveball because they're stuck between the kind of the big funders and, um, ethics, right. Um, you know, Biden's trip to, to Israel. I, I worry, look, I have to say this, just, this is, I talked about this on the show on Monday, right? So, I mean, it was really this, this, what has happened here has just been, is just, I I don't know how you follow this stuff and not feel wrecked by it. 
right? I mean, when you see this group of kind of armed terrorists, right, Hamas, come in and then slaughter civilians, Jewish, because they're Jewish, right? Because they're Israelis and they're Jews. And they just slaughter them, take a bunch of hostages, you know, wound a whole bunch of ton, a ton of people, right? I mean, you see that on the one side, right? And then they take these hostages and they take them back, right? And, they're and then you see indiscriminate bombing by Israel in one of the most densely populated open-air prisons in the world because of their own policy, their own apartheid policies. And now you see, like, thousands of people killed, thousands of civilians killed, Palestinian civilians killed in Gaza. And then we're supposed to take sides? Like, when, when what made me nervous was this. When Biden decided he's going to go to Israel... And like, and it almost seemed like as a precondition of him going to Israel, he went out and said, we give us our kind of unqualified support for Israel. And then gave some like, well, but we got to be careful. We got to follow the rules of law. Right. That makes me nervous on a, on a couple levels. Right. On one level, the most immediate level is that the way that is going to be heard in most of the world, like I understand there's all these like internal politics and statescraft stuff that goes on. But frankly, the vast majority of the world is going to hear that as the United States is sending military support to Israel for the purpose of indiscriminately bombing Gaza into the Stone Age. You might not think that's right that it's interpreted that way, but I do think that's how it's going to be interpreted by most folks. And yes, it is true that Biden supposedly was able to negotiate um, some aid routes so that humanitarian aid could get into Gaza. But I was just reading this morning Right. There are like dozens and dozens of trucks that are lined up at the Rafa gate in Egypt to get into um, Gaza. And that's still that gate still remains closed. Biden's been back for a couple days. That's still not happening. People are without fresh water. Saw another video this morning of doctors, right? Doctors operating in Gaza, right? Having to have operations by cell phone light. Because their powers, the fuel to run their generators is running out. There's not potable water for folks. And then more civilians are being killed. Yes, it's true. Israel said it killed one of the kind of, um, uh, one of the leaders of Hamas, right? All power to him. Take them all out. I don't care, right? You have an organization that kind of collectively celebrates and supports the slaughter of, of, of Jewish civilians. You got to be kidding me. No. I'm not, you know, whatever. But the, but the response to slaughtering of civilians is not to go and then slaughter the other civilians. I mean, like the piece I read from Naomi Time on Monday, uh, Naomi, I'm sorry, Naomi Klein on Monday, right? Always stand with the children against the guns. I think it's a great principle. 
And if like United States, you know, again, I hate these, I hate the, this, even this logic, like the United States as a speaker and things like this. I mean, like as if it's like speaks by itself. No, it's a particular president, a particular regime at any particular, it's not like, you know, and again, the American exceptionalism, the Americans kind of rule the world and all this blah, blah, blah. But if we got to play that game, right, as a kind of moral voice, a moral leader and that kind of stuff, if we have to play that game, Maybe the game we should play is like, all this needs to stop, right? We need to make sure that civilians are not going to be the casualties here. And that's right across the board, right? If you want to talk about the time that the United Nations should, you know, be upping its game and being supported, right? And getting kind of like, you know, people in there to kind of secure these borders that, that, that this is per, our secure areas to kind of protect civilians, making sure that aid is coming through. Right. And making sure that say, for example, you know, if we're really concerned that Hamas is using kind of human shields, well, we're making sure that they're not doing that. Right. Nobody. Well, I don't know if nobody's saying this, but I'm saying, I'm certainly not saying that Israel doesn't have a right to kind of, kind of hunt down the folks that did this to slaughter the city and have a response. I mean, come on. That is, you know, not even the issue. It's only when it gets kind of all this stuff, all this, you know, these kind of conflicts get thrown into the mashup of big corporate money, political power games, and all this kind of stuff that we're asked to kind of see things in these very narrow kind of black and white terms. That, that is the root of authoritarianism. That is the root of demagoguery. And that is the thing that historically has gotten everyday people killed. And we look, and this is what's really interesting just in terms of the news cycle, right? Because, um, you know, Biden was supposed to go and meet also um, in Jordan, Right? And there was going to be a summit with uh, uh, folks from Jordan, um, leader of the Palestinian Authority, um, maybe someone from Egypt, I, I, I think. And as a way of kind of talking through how do we kind of like prevent this from becoming a region-wide conflict. And initially, when, when Biden came out and said that we're giving our unqualified support for, uh, for Israel, the first reports I read were that that was what led to them canceling the summit. And then somehow over the next day or so after that, the reasons about why they canceled the summit was turned into no, because Israel is about to launch a ground incursion, right? An invasion of, of, of uh, and I'm like, you know, you think of like, did I, am I crazy here? How did everyone just turn on this dime and now, we're just talking about the reasons have changed and nobody seems to be remarking on it. It's like the weirdest thing, but I know why, right? It's because it does, you know, again, all the news agencies want to kind of stay within their parameters, right? And you've got the spin doctors that are really pushing hard um, to make sure that the narrative isn't that they canceled it because Biden basically, you know, they read as Biden took this thing off the table. And again, look, I'm not even talking about, you know, in fact, because I think it's true that by Biden going to Israel, 
that prevented Israel from invading uh, um, the, the Gaza, the, the Gaza Strip, the north of the Gaza Strip, and, and delayed that ground invasion? It's not even a ground invasion. You can't even call it an invasion. It's like, again, I mean, it's been remarked on by human rights organizations for, for decades that it's an open-air prison, right? It's fundamentally controlled, 100%, you know, access to the Gaza Strip by Israel, right? It's food, it's water, it's fuel, everything is dependent upon Israel. And Israel ensures that they can't have freedom of movement, right? So, you know... It's only an invasion insofar as if, like, the New York City police decided to kind of, like, invade a kind of poor black neighborhood, right, in order to kind of make more room for uh, kind of rich Manhattanites to expand, right? That's a bad analogy because, you know, there have been poor black communities that have gone and slaughtered rich white Manhattanites. That's kind of not a, that's a bad equivalent on my part. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like you're crossing over a kind of a, a, a militarized zone, right? A sector that has been closed off. You're exercising your police control, except it's military, right? I mean, you can't describe what's happening in, uh, to the Palestinians anything less than apartheid. Right. So let's, you know, be clear about that. So that's an ongoing thing. But, you know, it just I from my perspective, it's like, look, we're going to like, I feel like this is just good. This is spinning out of control one or another. And, you know, as, as you know, again, this is on the majority report earlier this week. And uh, they had a guy from a human rights organization on there and kind of talking a little bit about what the impacts are going to be. I'm, I, and I honestly don't remember if it was Sam Cedar, if it was the, the guest they had on, but we're basically saying, you know, look, even if you're quote unquote successful, actually, this is, I'm thinking something different, not for the human, uh, for some of the international policy goals. There was a woman on, I think that was, it was on Wednesday, um, who was the guest. And she's the one who said it. She's, she basically said, look, there's a, how, how do you measure success? If you're talking about success in the short run, like if Israel has a ground invasion to root out Hamas, right? Like in the short run, there is a version of success there. If they go in and they kind of destroy most of the leadership and kind of like, you know, get rid of it. Let's say, let's say even, let's say they, they, they hunt down and they kill every single Hamas fighter, right? That's unlikely, but let's just say for the sake of argument, they do that, right? In the short term, that is going to be considered success, right? That they did this one objective. However, if you look at the long term, because in the process of doing that, there's also going to be all these innocent civilians and families that are also going to be killed. And you're going to have all these children who now lost their parents who are going to grow up in a context where they know that Israel, quote unquote, Israel killed their parents. And the extremists are still out there. And they're still going to be kind of muttering into social media. They're still muttering into these extremists, you know, through these extremist organizations. All their anti-Semitic and all their kind of extremist ideology. And then, you know, the, the next round comes. And she said this thing where, and I think this is exactly right. It's like, you can't defeat this kind of extremist ideology, Right by demonstrating, by giving the extremist, right, the 
the the very fuel that they need to keep their stuff going. And that's where I wish, you know, when Biden went over there, basically he would said something along the lines of, we're going over here to stop this before it gets out of hand. Not unconditional support for Israel, and then we'll see what we can do. No, we're going to stop. We need to stop this. We need to stop this now. All parties need to stop. We need, if you want to do it, oh, there you go. There's a moral authority for you. For a lot of people all throughout that region, if not the world, they look at this as not about the U.S. kind of uh, uh, being the moral authority, about the, the same old story of the U.S. siding with Israel on all costs and turning a cheek on the brutality and the exploitation of the Palestinian people. I don't, I, I, you don't know. And so what's the blowback from that? I mean, haven't we learned the lessons when we refuse to deal with complexities, when we want to reduce everything to simple terms? We had a freaking war on terror since like 2001 that was grappling with the kind of the results of the kind of, you know, simplistic worldviews. But here we are. And if you think that we can maybe do something in the Congress to be able to control, no, you can't do that because they freaking Republicans control the House and they can't get it. They can't even elect a speaker. So anyways... Anyways, uh, so we got some good news coming on elsewhere. Um, before we talk a little about some some other things, we have. Uh, I was very happy to see this, um, Patty Kim. Patty Kim, uh, PA State Representative, um, has now announced once once indeed uh, that she is going to be running to become Pennsylvania's next state senator. This is great news. Um, Patty Kim is an awesome candidate. Um, she's a strong candidate and, uh, you know, this next senatorial election is going to be, uh, is going to be critical. Hi, everyone. And so I thought I'd do, uh, this is, uh, from her announcement, um, from, uh, just yesterday, uh, she announced this here and this is Patty Kim announcing that she is running for, uh, PAs to be the PAs next Senator. Hi everyone. It's Patty Kim. And I'm so excited to let you know that I've announced my candidacy for state Senate. Now the district encompasses most of Dauphin County, a place where I've lived and served for almost. I'm sorry. I misspoke there. I keep on saying on the next PA state, uh, PA Senator, it's PA state Senator. My fault. My fault. I keep on saying that I had to stop myself in my brain earlier on because I wish she was running for regular Senate, um, but for her state Senator. So I'm my apologies, but this is a really good news um, for a lot of reasons. So here is uh, um, Patty Kim once again. I have my apologies for being a little punchy this morning. Here you go. Hi, everyone. It's Patty Kim, and I'm so excited to let you know that I've announced my candidacy for state Senate. Now, the district encompasses most of Dauphin County, a place where I've lived and served for almost 20 years. I have a long record of service, and I'm on record fighting for issues that I believe are important to your family. I've been so humbled by your support in the past, and I hope I can earn your support as your next state senator. Thank you so much, and I look forward to working with you. There you go. Um, you know, this is going to be um, this is going to be a key uh, a key race, and um, I I was really excited to see that she's looking for um, to go forward. 
to start, uh, you know, to slowly start kind of making the move to start flipping the, um, the state Senate too as well. Democrats have a narrow um, uh, lead in the House, so they have control of the state House for the first time in decades. Uh, and it's really cool to see really good, well-established, um, strong candidates on the Democratic Party saying, okay, now we're going to put our eyes on the Senate, the state Senate. That's really critical. So congratulations to Patty Kim. Uh, we're going to be checking out that. I know that there's, there's already a lot of uh, support for her running. Um, I heard tell about this a while back. Um, it looked like that she was going to run, um, and that was getting people super excited because she is such a good candidate and does have a, just a kind of a proven track record um, of, of getting things done, and she's known in the area, right? Um, I, I, and that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Um, so what else we got here? So uh, what I thought that um, – oh, I forgot to mention this thing. This was like – okay, this was the other uh, good news of the week, if you will. Um so did you see this? That Sidney Powell, right? You remember the kind of off the cliff Trump lawyer, like the, probably the most extreme and conspiracy minded of them all. Uh, just right before her, um, her trial was going to start, right? Um, she said, oh, no, okay, I guess I, I faked it as long as I can. I'm going to just go ahead and plead guilty. So here's what she says. Sid, or this is, I'm um, sorry, from, this is from the, uh, I think it's Washington Post, no, New York Times. Uh, from the New York Times. So Sidney Powell, a former lawyer for uh, Donald Trump, pleaded guilty in the Georgia election interference case, agreeing to testify against other defendants, possibly including the former president. Powell, who will avoid prison time, will also have to pay a $9,000 fine and write a letter of apology to the people of Georgia. Right? Uh, on Thursday, Seth Meyers said, it, um, oh, this is, this is uh, late night stuff. Uh, Thursday, Seth Meyers said it was shocking to him that when discussing the, a former president, I have to say one of the four criminal cases, you don't even know which one I'm talking about. Um, that's exactly it. But this was, a, I mean, this is a big deal, right? I mean, Sidney Powell... Let me just read a little bit more. So this is uh, from the Associated Art the article also in New York Times, but kind of slightly different. So Sidney K. Powell, who spun with some of the wildest conspiracy theories about the ballot fraud as a member of John Donald J. Trump's legal team after he lost the 2020 election, pleaded guilty on Thursday morning to six misdemeanor counts. She is one of 19 people, including Mr. Trump, who were indicted in August for trying to subvert the election results in Georgia, and she has agreed to testify against any of the remaining defendants. Her guilty plea was a blow to Mr. Trump, who faces the most charges of any defendant other than Rudolph Giuliani, uh, his former personal lawyer. And significantly, Mrs. Powell, Ms. Powell was the first of Mr. Trump's close advisors from the post-election period to flip, which could also help the federal election in interference case against him. Cracking the former president's inner circle has long been a challenge for prosecutors, blah, 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 blah. So this is kind of critical for a bunch of reasons, right? Is that... So either, I, I mean, who knows what we're going to actually get to know, right? I mean, so these conspiracy folks, right, around Trump, you have the true believers, right? And then you have those who are power hungry, and they'll say anything if they think it's going to kind of advance their agenda, right? And so Sidney Powell... She seemed like a true believer, right? Um, but either the cost of 
maintaining herself as a true believer is has gotten too much for her. Or she's like, okay, show's over, jig is up. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't pretend anymore, uh, because you know, I, I, otherwise I'm going to jail, right. On the eve of going to trial, right. Cause these people have shown again and again and again, they're willing to kind of say whatever the hell they want right up until the point they're facing actual prosecution and have to kind of swear under oath that they're going to do other or, or, and if they lie under oath and face additional charges, right. So some people, maybe they're smart enough where they start to th- see, like, you can see where the snowball is going and you got to put an end to it at some point, right? You got to bite the bullet. You got to kind of, you know, cut off the leg to say, you know, to, uh, to save the rest of yourself or something like that. So we're going to see what happens. That's it. That was a big deal, especially given how extreme she was uh, and the conspiracy theories that that she um, that she talked about. So I'm interested, too, in, in how that's how that's going to manifest, what's going to happen the ripples that is going to have throughout these kind of extremist communities, right? Because she was to all, all of them seemed to be like a true believer. Now suddenly she's coming and telling a different story and how many of these flips can, um, can you take before people start to say, wait a minute? Um, I thought these were all the good people. Now you're telling me they're all, they're all flipping or they're all turncoats or maybe something else is going on. We shall see. So that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Um, but anyways, I want to, I wanted just to kind of, uh, talk a little bit about that. So I, I wanted to spend a little time now with the, um, about the school board stuff. And in particular, in, in particular, um, some stuff, stuff that the, uh, Bucks County Beacon has published, um, because I think they are doing right now an absolutely stellar job in focusing on the issues surrounding the um, what's happening with the kind of school boards what ha- and what's at stake in this upcoming election in like, you know, just over two weeks. Um, just uh, two days ago on Wednesday, um, the Beacon published an, uh, a phenomenal um, um, article from Peter Green. Um, Peter Green, if you don't know already, uh, he's one of the best kind of education bloggers around. Um, he writes for the, uh, he writes for his blog, um, curmudgeon, right? Kind of like curmudgeon and education, curmudgeon. Um, but it's fantastic. So let me just give you a little taste of this article. And this is the kind of one that I, th- I a kind of article I think really people need to be passing around as we move up to elections so you know what's going on. So here's Peter Green um, from the Bucks County Beacon. Penridge School District has become a, the poster child for MAGA style Moms for Liberty back takeover of a school district. Their board has been pretty relentless in pursuing repressive and reactionary policies. They have trouble telling creationism from science. They banned banned books week. They tried to clamp down on student expression and they blew up DEI policies, even as they demonstrated why they needed such policies in place. Not content with tinkering along the edges, they brought in a special consultant to eradicate the so-called woke from the curriculum. As board member Ricky Chaikin put it, quote, Our end goal is that every single kid who leaves Penridge loves this country and understands our constitution, unquote. Or as that consultant told Moms for Liberty's gathering, the foxes in the hen house. At the end of September, the consultant issued a report that showed in greater detail where they are headed. And we'll examine that in detail here, but first let's take a quick look at how Penridge got here. Vermilion is a consulting service that launched in January of this year. It appears to be just one guy. The address on its current contract for the proposal was a single-family dwelling in a residential neighborhood neighborhood in Hillsdale, Michigan. The one guy is Jordan Adams. 
Adams is a Hillsdale College grad whose original undergrad plan um, at the conservative Christian college was to work at a think tank. Then he went to grad school for a master's of humanities. He taught briefly, then went back to Hillsdale as an interim director of curriculum for the Hillsdale College K-12 Education Office. Adams was part of a crew that seemed that screened the Florida math textbooks that DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, accused of, of indoctrinating students. Adams' first attempt to, attempt to land Vermillion um, a gig was in Sarasota, Florida, where Bridget Ziegler, the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, is, a school board, is the school board president. So it should be it should have been a very friendly environment in which to get his educational de-wokifying services a first hire. Adams made a couple of fumbles, not the least of which was sending Ziegler his real pitch without realizing it would become public record. So his promises to be an extension of the same right wing movement that got her elected with the intent of reshaping public education. He even offered to use his position to spy for her. He would audit the district's uh, programs and screen for signs of staff and materials that weren't, uh, that weren't of the correct ideology. He would even sit in on teacher interviews. His mission was clear, root out and eradicate the wokeness from every corner of the district. His qualifications, educationally non-existent, but ideologically right in line. But local journalists went digging anyways, and folks started noticing how shady it all looked. Protests were mounted, and in a surprise twist, the board voted 3-2 to two against the contract with some deciding that, political leanings aside, it was a lot of money to pay for a guy with no qualifications. So he moved on to the Penridge School District for what would be his first and so far only job. How are things going so far? Penridge hired Adams in April, using the same trick that it had been tried in Sarasota, proposing the contract so soon before voting on it that the public barely had time to catch what was happening. But they had figured it out by June, and they had plenty to say about it. The June board meeting ran until about 1 a.m. to accommodate the many folks who um, wanted to question, in, question his hiring. In particular, residents were baffled by the board's decision to have Adams single-handedly replace the in-house curriculum experts, particularly as it emerged as Adams does not have the state-required qualifications to create curriculum. Jenny Stevens has followed this Adams adventures closely for the Bucks County Beacon, and it has not been pretty. Another district might have been tempted to try fine-tuning and or backpedaling that hiring decision. Instead, the far-right board majority dug in, and right-wing supporters even put out a call for talented clappers to come pack the meeting to give the appearance of support. Those clappers did not need uh, did not need to have children in the district or even live in the district. Meanwhile, Adams went and it goes on, and we're so sorry. So, why am I, I wanted to read that part of it for you? So. Anybody who's been actively involved in this for paying attention is going to recognize that what this article does, what Peter Green does here in this first part of his piece, is provide a concise summary of what's gone on. A timeline, a re, uh, kind of a refreshing about how we got here and what has happened. That is so critical. It's so critical that this was just published now, just like a little over before two weeks before the election, because now people outside this district, right, um, who may have caught pieces, um, pieces of it here and there. And I said, oh, my God, what's going on? Now you've got a narrative, right? This is I can't even tell you how important this is. It is also the kind of thing that is very useful as we kind of look to elect a different school board. Right. As like now you get to back and say, look, this is kind of what they did. Nice and concise. Now, I'm not saying you go out and you kind of read this to like, you know, people and you're, you're, as you're knocking doors. But this is nonetheless a really good resource to have that kind of as kind of a timeline of sorts. 
right? If people have questions and you have the, oh, you refer to, here's the things that happened. This is what happened here. And this is what happened here. And this is what happened here. And instead of it being, you know, okay. And then going to all the nuances, I think that one of the most difficult things to do in, in organizing this kind of campaign um, that, um, you know, especially the folks who are doing door knocking and all this stuff is people who have been on the ground in those board meetings every single week, right? You know, those, 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 those parents, those community members, those students who have gone up and they've spoken every single day, uh, every single board meeting um, out against this stuff is they are so in the weeds about what's going on and that it's necessarily so. Okay. Um, they're in the wheat. They ought, they had to understand and dig behind all of the, 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 the machinations that were going on behind the scenes to be able to see what moves were happening in the curriculum. And they've gone consistently week after week to remind everybody at those board meetings, everyone who's been streaming it online about what has gone on. Right. The, the trick is right. Is that nobody like people who are not paying a lot of attention, right. Are, are not going to be, are not going to be receptive to hearing all the minutia. Right. Um, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, again, all those folks are perfectly capable of not doing that, but for all, you know, for an easy way of, to kind of get people up to speed of what's happening to share parts of this kind of article to, um, to feed to, to people that, you know, you know, um, that have questions about what's going on, or they say, well, what actually happened in Penridge? Boom, here you go. This is an absolutely phenomenal, um, uh, summary of that. So kudos to Peter Green, um, and then kudos to Buck County Beacon for, um, for, uh, having this put out, right? So that's the first thing I want to share um, from the beacon today. Um, the second thing is uh, <clears throat> this is from the uh, Central Buck School District, right? Um, so the Central Buck School District, obviously, um, this is Central Bucks has gotten tons of news. We see the same issues that are happening here, there too as well, um, but. This is another kind of reminder. So this is uh, Heather Reynolds. Like now, Heather Reynolds is running for Central Buck School District uh, for the school board, and she is running in. You know, they have a in Penridge. You have it's in you know and uh, district wide votes for all the candidates. Um, in Central Bucks, you have kind of like kind of sectors. Or you have regions basically, right? On uh, which they were trying to do in 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 Penridge, but you have these regions that you can vote on, right? And so Heather Reynolds is going up against um, um, school board president um, Dana Hunter, who is the current uh, Central Buck School District School Board. And the Beacon just published um, a kind of editorial from her about why she's running. And it's like, again, this is perfect timing, right? This is the time that people are really paying attention and they're going to have questions about who these candidates are. Um, so if you're in Central Bucks, here you go. This is, a, this is you know, these are your, these are your kind of crib notes, so to speak. So this is Heather Reynolds as she um, writes this piece. She starts off with a, um, a quote by Ellie Wiesel. It says, quote, I, ne I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented, unquote, from Ellie Wiesel. Remember, that is the exact quote that, um, that they asked a teacher to take down. Right. Um, district. So anyway, so here's what she says. As one of just a handful of Jewish students in my hometown, I grew up keenly aware of my otherness. 
Despite the pride I felt in my culture and family history, there were times I felt deep, deeply misunderstood and marginalized by my peers. This experience helped has, has undeniably shaped who I am as a person and informs the way I interact with the world to this day. My search for support and acceptance within my school community instilled in me the importance of empathy, the value of being empowered to speak up in times of injustice, and the necessity of holding those in power accountable for their words and actions. These are the values that have brought me into the fight to take back the Central Buck School Board. I am currently running to unseat the current Central Buck School, School District School Board President, Dana Hunter, who has led the charge the last four years and is best known for her divisive policies targeting LGBTQ students, banning books from our libraries, and reckless spending of our tax dollars. With ties to the Family Research Council and Moms for Liberty, the former a designated hate group and the latter an anti-government group, according to Southern Poverty Law Center, Hunter and her majority on the board have, have made great strides to bring their ideals to our schools under the guise of parental rights. Their actions over the past two years led Dana Hunter and her allies on the, on the board to spend $1.2 million defending their political agenda, over $114,000 on a crisis PR firm to clean up the district's image, and an additional $90,000 per year 40% salary increase to protect their complicit rookie superintendent. Beyond leading to this egregious waste of ta our tax dollars, the board's continued effort to push their extremely partisan policies on a, is a dangerous distraction from the very real needs of our students, including staffing and teacher shortages, an unprecedented mental health crisis, plummeting test scores, and pandemic-related learning loss. Right. And that school board directors are public servants who should be first and foremost dedicated to providing the best public education possible for each and every child in our district. And it goes on, right? So she's got, you know, there's, there's more to her letter than that. But that I thought was just such a good breakdown about why am I running? Why do you need to vote here? So, I mean, look, and there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of stuff here about why people might come up and support, um, and support Heather Reynolds and why you should support Heather Reynolds if you haven't already, right? Is that, number one, not only do you have all these devices policies, like the, the, the one of the women, right, Dana Hunter in particular, right, who has led the charge on this stuff is that's who she's running against. So if you we need to target somebody, you need to get rid of somebody, Dana Hunter's, there you go. We need to get rid of Dana Hunter, right? Ties already to the Family Research Council and Moms for Liberty, right? But then even more so, the absolutely waste of money that's going on. Right. I mean, these are the same people, right, who are always kind of like, oh, government taxes, blah, blah, blah. Taxes are bad. Taxes are bad. Right. And then so we need to be fiscally responsible. What are they doing? They're basically taking tax dollars from the public to support the schools. Right. And they're funneling it into one defending their own agenda from lawsuits, hiring like PR firms to kind of like spin their policies to make them sound better. Right. And then basically giving basically, I don't know, bonuses, you want to call it? I don't know. Pay to play money, I don't know, to the superintendent who basically say, good boy, good boy, you did good by us. So therefore, we're going to give you this nice uh, increase. You want the message that that sends. You play ball, you're going to be rewarded. You're going to be making some nice change. Right. Excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> one more thing. And this one, this one. This one just goes back, this one goes back to um, a little bit earlier on in the month. Um, but 
that's not the one I wanted. Oh, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at those two. But I definitely check out the Bucks County Beacon. Like, you know, right now they're in the middle of their fundraiser, right? Um, their, their fall fundraiser. Um, they're looking to raise, uh, you know, raise funds to kind of extend the work that they're doing. They're looking to raise money to make sure that the Beacon is going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be there for the long term. As Cyril Michaleko said on the show um, a couple weeks back, you know, look, they're at the point, they're looking here, they're looking to raise the money so that the Bucks County is not going to remain a news desert like it has for so long. Right? We need this kind of reporting and we need these kind of articles. So kudos to the Beacon for really, uh, I don't know, shining as an example of the way that, um, the kind of reporting that we need as a lead up to an election. So this is pretty awesome. Anyways, uh, so, you know, that's pretty much all I got for today. Um, I just want to touch base. I'm looking to uh, schedule some guests uh, for just coming up Monday. I've got a couple irons in the fire, and then we're looking at um, getting back to a more regular schedule. Uh, you know, I just haven't, you know, I, I've already talked about this and, you know, getting sick and exhaustion, all that kind of stuff. But I was reminded um, in, in uh, discussions with one of my colleagues this week that um, the fall is generally crazy. Um, as like the startup of the school year. And I, you know, I was going back over it. It's like, yeah, that's right. It's like, you know, the kids have um, two Mondays off, like within the first month. Um, and there's, this year was especially tricky. Um, it's like, you know, one kid going to high school for the first time, trying to kind of navigate all that stuff. Um, I, I, I just, as a startup with school, just, uh, there's a lot. Um, and then not to mention the fact that that also happens to be my startup of school, right? And that I ended up getting sick at the beginning of the year, which put everything in a little tumble, but it's always a lot, right? So I'm just kind of trying to be generous with myself and reminding me of that, um, of that thing. So, um, but I do feel bad that I didn't have, we haven't had more guests on Mondays. I mean, that was, uh, um, that I really miss, I really miss that a lot. So hopefully you enjoyed the com uh, the, um, uh, the shows from the PA climate convergence. I thought that was kind of a really cool event. I'd love to do more of those. Um, and I'm also, you know, thinking around about doing some reorganization about um, how we do some of the shows um, here, but I'll have more about that when, when I kind of have thought it out and I've talked to some folks about it because um, uh, I would like to make sure that we will to kind of continue to bring um, the content that we have. So, um, and there's some things that I want to focus on that I just got to figure a better way of focusing on these things because uh, because they're important. Uh, you know, I would love, you know, I, to give you one example, right? So um, I had a, I had an intern um, that you may have seen her stuff published in the, uh, the Bucks County Beacon, Ava. Um, she was a community, um, you know, a, you know, like, you know, our, our community intern. And she published a bunch of records. She, she published a bunch of articles that kind of built off some of the interviews that we did on Out to Coop Live. Um, she's done a bunch of stuff, which should be going up soon, a bunch of stuff about um, um, putting some, what do you call it, captions on some video segments and so on. But like one of the things that I think that we need to be doing consistently um, is to make, you know, for example, for the school boards, to be able to kind of break out some of the videos that are more accessible to a wider, wider amount of people that are not going to sit there for four hours, right? But to get a sense of what's actually happening. That's the, the number one, the number one reason is to get that out in kind of easily digestible ways. But the second reason for doing that is also then for it makes it, it makes that media available, easily available for people to do things with, right? 
so that, you know, it's kind of like a concentration of resources. Um, but frankly, it's like, you know, I, I had, so I, you know, started doing that, like breaking up these videos and then just, I, I ran out of time. And so I'm thinking like, okay, well, if we're going to be breaking up the videos, we need somebody to do that. Right. Um, somebody that that's going to be what they do, you know, um, for our webpage, they're going to make sure that they, they break up those, uh, break up those videos. Um, and then so we could put them up in a, in a timely fashion on our website. website. So that means that I'm going to have finding time to do that, which means that I'm going to have to think about um, some of the trade-offs, right? What does that mean? If I'm going to prioritize that, what are the things that I can't do? You know, that kind of stuff. So anyways, a um, little bit of that, a little bit of housekeeping business at the end. Anyways, for now, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, want to thank all of our supporters who have been with us from the beginning for those folks who are relatively new um, wishing everybody uh, who is out in the field who has been doing the amazing work of knocking doors and supporting um, school board candidates in Central Bucks in Palisades in Penridge um, in Quakertown in Souderton um, that are doing their absolute best to make sure to, that we don't continue down the path of extremism. Um, so thank you. Thank you for supporting this work. Thank you for supporting the Bucks County Beacon, because I do think that, you know, look, head on over there. And I know I'm a, I'm a bit of a, uh, a booster for them because I think it's so important. Um, but you can just head on over to the BucksCountyBeacon.com, right, um, and click on Support the Beacon, right, um, and you can kind of become a monthly contributor. You become, you know, you could give as little as five bucks a month, you give 10 bucks a month, right? You give one time or you can even shop in their store, right? Head on over there, buckscountybeacon.com and click on the support the beacon at the top um, and uh, make sure that that becomes a vibrant and kind of uh, all the more necessary media voice here in Bucks County. Um, all right, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, we're gonna get out of here for the day and uh, I guess it's not gonna rain, so um, see what else we can do. Uh, wish everybody a good one. Have a good and safe weekend. Keep up the fight. See ya!